0: We are a real kipper and born, and we are live streaming on Sportsnet's YouTube channel from here on in daily, 3 to 5 Eastern, every day. I feel immense pressure now. Put on your game face because people are looking. I did put on makeup. You know who's really excited is my parents right now. <laughs> I could just see them right now. I could see my dad pushing the play button on the VCR, screaming at my mom. I don't see him. I don't see him. <laughs> Is he got a VCR still? It's my parents. <laughs> He's 87. the blinking 12. Yeah, man! I really hope my sisters at this point have uh, explained to them how, how they can just go to the internet and find us. Every day they're going to be so happy. Just give them a wave. There we go. And we're off and running. Hi, hi, Mr.
1: Kiprios and Mrs. Kiprios.
0: There you go. You're in for a free souflocky with that. (laughs) (laughs) whoop (laughs) She just has (laughs) souflocky in her purse to hand out. All right. How wild was Saturday night? It was a classic Norris division game. You want to go back to VCRs and Sony Walkmans? That was a mid-80s. Norris classic ten seven. I don't know. I watched that
1: game and the word Norris didn't cross my mind too often looking at some of the defense. <laughs> was, I, I shared that clip of Pius Suter defending Austin Matthews. Looked like Matthews had a force field around him or something. So uh, not the best defense, but really the defense wasn't the worst part, which we'll get to. I, I think we can dissect it a little more. Uh,
0: I, I, you know. I'll, I'll throw this out to super fan Sammy, who I'm sure at the end of the day was like everybody else. The narrative was, yeah, okay, we, we're going to nitpick this for sure. But a fun game, an exciting yeah. game, all offense, Leafs can score, two best players in the world right now, arguably Marner and Matthews, and everybody went home happy. Sammy, yeah. is that
2: pretty much... The case? I was at a bit of a shindig on on Saturday night, so I was watching. So alcohol was involved? Eh, Couple. Couple of little little boots in the (laughs) house. It was was pretty early at that point. So I was watching with a big group of people, and I was watching them run it up on Detroit. It wasn't really, it was like, oh, wow, yeah, they can beat the crappy Red Wings here. There wasn't a lot of real enjoyment that went into it. It was just a fun game to kind of have on, to have some goals going in. And then it got to 7-3, and then you're like, oh, okay. 7-4, okay, (laughs) 7-5. Jack Campbell gets pulled while leading a game. 7-6 goal goes in. I'm like, all right, guys, time to shut up. we got to watch this game here. Like, it, it yeah. kind of got serious in a hurry. And it was fun. There's lots of things to talk about. But, boy, oh, boy, I can't remember any wilder games than that. I, I, I think of that afternoon game they played against Carolina where I think they were down three twice. Mitch Marner scored a goal off the face. I think it was an 8-7 final. Like, they've played in some wild ones. But that, that was a crazy game, boys. And yeah. it, was, it was fun to watch. As a fan, I, I enjoyed it. So can we learn anything?
0: Yes, we can learn a lot here. Okay. And and the narrative on the conversation changes whether they won or lost. When it's 7 uh 6 and we talked about this, I love our show. It's great the three of us together. Got 2 coming. hours. But I also like <laughs> I also like our conversations. During the game. Yeah. Because we get on this, uh, I don't even know what it is.
2: What's that? What What's up? What's
0: Yeah, it's like the only, the most popular. And we, start, <laughs> we start sharing our thoughts and ideas. Yeah. And I do believe that the score was what? It was 0-0 zero, zero when you tweeted Detroit. The game had like just started. Get, yeah. At Detroit looks like they're going to give up six tonight. At 7.40 p.m., <laughs> I'm watching Detroit early, and I say this is a team that could give up six tonight. And what
1: was it that you saw that made you think that just before a goal even went in?
0: Just their heads spinning like Linda Blair in The Exorcist. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, They were spinning, and they were looking, and uh, missed assignments. And the Leafs, when they're on their game, And they've got that four check. I've said said this and still believe it. When they are on on their four check, they are the best four checking team that I've seen all season long. Yeah. And the the feel was that Detroit was fighting it right from the get-go.
1: Detroit two years ago was the worst goals against team in the NHL by like a great distance. And then last year, they kind of locked it up. They only gave up three goals a game uh, last season. This season, they're gross again. Like, over three and a half goals. One of the worst teams. They're defending. that. Like, we had just seen them play Minnesota before that game. And it the, it was night and day watching those two teams. I mean, Detroit's defense is just, it's a mess. So, naturally, the Leafs feasted. And they played pretty well for 40 minutes and looked like they were doing exactly what you would expect them to do against a bad D. But then, soup. Soup everywhere.
0: Mm.
1: A Soup, soup sandwich in the grease. Soup sandwich. <laughs> Yeah, should we should we go to the coach on some I, of this?
0: Yes, I do because there's there's again we we love on this show breaking down Sheldon Keith and what he He's says our third and reading host, fourth host. reading <laughs> he is a, he is he should get uh, something Sam could we get him a T-shirt or something for <laughs> I'm sure being part <laughs> oh, of the show so much oh I'm
2: sure he'd love that Kipper and Bourne's favorite guest I'd <laughs> uh, love that
0: I want I want everybody to listen to Sheldon Keith describe Saturday night because I I got a bit of an issue with it.
3: Oh, I thought we played an excellent game. I mean, let's not let the craziness of the third period and, you know, uh take away from the fact that we played an excellent game even within the third period. I mean, within all that nonsense, like the way McKay responded on his goal, you know, that, that line scored just a huge goal there, the way the penalty kill responded, you know, in a key moment. Um so the craziness of the period. You know, it takes well. That's going to be the focus and the attention. But our, our guys played a really good game today. You know, you're you're going to a third period and you're, you know, you really just want to, you know, just get out of there. And then all of a sudden they, they throw a floater at the net and it goes in and they get life and then they get a couple more just like that and it changes things. So, you know, um, things change there quickly. But let's not lose sight of the fact our guys, you know, played a really good game today.
0: I, I get where he's going and where whole leaf land goes. But I just want to say that I'm a little older than you guys. I can't ever recall seeing a worse display of goaltending from four guys. Oh, my God. All four. Yeah. Never have I seen that bad. That's a great all point. four. That's four all bad four. four could not st- uh, stop a beach ball. But... According to Sheldon, it's just really one guy that the finger is getting pointed on here. And I'm not saying it's not necessarily uh, warranted. He was horrible. Jack was horrible. But for Sheldon now to tell me that that was an excellent game and to use the term craziness and nonsense and floating, is just pointing the finger at Jack yeah. and I don't good. I don't like it. It's about time he pointed the finger at
1: Jack. Jeez. They're so careful with all these people and all their emotional situations and you know building up Nick Richie after every time he has a good shift. You know like can we not say Jack stunk?
0: Jack yes, stunk. Yes, you can. But you can also say that the guys in front of him stunk in the third
2: period. <sighs> No, don't give me air. <laughs> Every chance went don't in. Don't give me air. Every chance went in. They, they had what? No they doubt hurt. the
1: puck was in their end a lot more than it was in the first two.
2: Okay. But that's natural. No, you're it's not se- natural. You're up 7-2 going into no. a third period. Any hockey game that's ever been played, no. there's a letdown period. You can't coach that no, letdown period. No, that's a load a of period.
0: crap. No, you know when there's, You know what? We've been talking about letdowns. The last three games of the playoffs in the first round. That was your letdown. That was the take your foot off the gas pedal, no killer instinct, and let those guys come back in the game. Hey, Matthews, Marner, best line in the world, best players in the world, they stunk that first shift. They were horrible. They, they iced the puck. They came out with no urgency. They didn't send any message at all on that first shift. He takes them off the ice. He puts Tavares on a face-off. And he loses a draw, and all of a sudden the goals start coming in. Uh-uh. They had no killer instinct to finish it off. And I'm not saying that the finger isn't still pointed at Jack Campbell for letting those horrible goals in. But that team came out with no sense of putting your foot on the snake.
1: So you want you want them collectively to say that, okay, we all kind of let it get away a little bit here. Thank but, you.
2: But it's just it's just... It's imp- What? I know a killer instinct. There's all these things that Leafs have done in the past where it's like all these demons. I understand that. But most teams that go into a third period up 7-2, the first few shifts of the period, something bad's going to happen. You need a safe. Like, you're, you don't have the killer instinct when you're up 7-2. You're waxing them. You're absolutely... Yeah. Like there was a beatdown. There was no comparison between the two teams. The Red Wings were... They didn't belong on the ice with them for the first two periods. Then two brutal goals go in, and they're yes. like, oh, my God, we get, like... I just I have a tough time faulting anybody other than the goalie for what naturally happens in a big blowed hockey game.
0: So now you're on your heels. It's seven six. You are scared. They're after you. Mm-hmm. And Cuthbert and, and Simmer did a great job, by the way. Of boy, they were trained. Awesome. That. On it Saturday, was it was a great game. It was fun. I'm not saying it's not fun. Yeah, yeah. But I that's that's super fans side of it. I'm on Sammy's side for a second there. <laughs> right. I want to go back to the hockey side. Yeah. 7-6, you're feeling it, and McCabe scores this goal. Yeah. It's 8-6. You give it this one right here.
2: Okay. Can, can yeah. we quickly talk about that goal, how Detroit didn't challenge it? Just a second. 8-6. Breathing room.
0: A minute later, Morgan Riley pinches in the neutral zone. Why? 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 Like, come on! Yeah, and then you, and then, and then you've got. For me though, they had numbers, got, Skipper. They had numbers.
1: It wasn't like it led you had to two no on going numbers. The
0: other way. You had nothing. It's a one-on-one where you, Raymond shoots it you through Rask's chest. You had Austin Matthews skating backwards throughout the, the whole neutral zone, and then you got the lily pad sitting in the middle of He's the human, the the hash marks, watching Raymond come in. Deep. A 1,000 miles an hour. That's not how you win in the playoffs. I'm sorry, but the pinch was unnecessary. This goes back to Sheldon. Hey, Sheldon, what are you telling them in between the second and third? We've got enough goals. I don't want to see one pinch. Mm. I don't want to see one guy get caught. Hi, man. I don't want to see any of it. I want you guys to shut the door. What's hard, I think,
1: is that the way that they want to defend in general is – Aggressive and skating forward with the other team. Like, you know, a lot of times they have the weak side D in the neutral zone, skate across the ice to cut guys off. I think they naturally defend a fairly aggressive way. Doesn't work. Well, I think it's hard for them to toggle. And maybe this is a good point that you need to have a backup strategy, a way to play. It doesn't
2: seem to come natural to them. But it worked on Thursday or whatever it was against the wild when they shut it down. Listen, it can work for sure. I'm with you that I think that obviously
1: this comes down to goaltending. The they, they didn't play bad looks. enough to yeah, blow a five. The Wild game.
0: had some good luck, sure,
1: but they didn't play bad enough against Detroit to blow a five-goal league without the goaltending being straight up atrocious. Well, like, hold on. Let's have let's listen to Sheldon's comments on Jack, and, and we'll continue in on this.
3: It's hard to say. I mean, Jack's he's, he's got to be better. You know, like he, that 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 goal to start the period. You know, it's just a nothing play. Really, it's a routine save that he, you know that uh, that he can make. You know there and, and and it doesn't, and then it kind of snow snowball, snowballs obviously from there, so, so that's a tough that's a tough one there that he's he's got to have, and he will he will have like i said key for us is to just take the positives out of this game here tonight, feel good about the fact that we pushed back and and got the win um for both Peter and jack, and you know those guys you know and Jack in particular has. Been there so many times for our team and done a great job for us. And we had to do a good job for him here tonight. So, know, well, those, both those goalies in particular, Jack washed this one here today. And, you know, I guess no pun intended, but we'll get off to Washington and uh, move on.
1: So I think he was more charitable to Jack in that one. He said he will have it. I guess
2: Jack will. He right? never, yeah, he, never on. he never fully buries Jack. Yeah. He always couches the berry. Like he always comes back and says, Oh, he needs to be better. But he will be.
1: This is like We know he will be when my son hits my daughter yeah. and I'm saying to her, He's not gonna see. hit you again, just hoping it's true. I but he, he, will. he
2: might. <laughs> <laughs> I see
0: I see more oil being leaked outside of the crease. That's all. Yep. Saturday night. Yeah. That's fine. That's, par- a, that's parts parts of their game that I've seen all year uh, the sloppy. gap. The gap. The uh, that the, seventh goal is a the, really good example the, the, of the things the, you're talking about. A little the, too aggressive. The forwards. Little too deep gap. The forwards way up there, and they love their stretch, long. They want to score off the rush. Yeah, they and, scored ten times. <laughs> I know. Your I get your point. It's not right? a reliable like, way. Even Mikhaev's uh, uh goal, right? It was like uh, it's. It's up the wall, and that's the 40-foot hit him with speed going down and there. And they scored. And they scored. Yeah. Nylander's first goal. Like, just you see where he is yeah. and where the puck was? Way up the rink. Loves his cherry-picking goals, doesn't he?
1: That's great. It's all great. It's how they do it. It's how they get there, yeah. or whatever they are, third like, in the league yeah. in scoring or, you know. Kipper, I, <laughs> Kipper looks through every okay. lens
2: of playoff lens, <laughs>
0: yeah, which is fair. You know, that, that's, well, that's a goal that, you're getting in the playoffs. No, you're not. Right, hanging out in the red line, waiting for that long break. And you might
1: as well score against who you're playing against, though. I don't know. It, I don't know. It's, I've struggled with this. I've gone back and forth on that game on Saturday night. Can we learn anything from that game? Because Keefe says it's a wash or throw it away or on to Washington. You know, you don't think about it. One of those crazy games. But it doesn't happen to the Nashville Predators that they win 10-7 and have it. It doesn't. It doesn't happen to, and that's a random team I picked. It doesn't happen to Dallas. It doesn't happen to the Jets. Like it's the Leafs and it's the Leafs who can score 10. It's the Leafs who can give up five unanswered at the start of a period. So it doesn't feel like nothing to me that it happens to the Leafs again, but it does feel like I shouldn't overreact because the goaltending is not going to be that bad. And if it's that bad, you're out of the playoffs
0: in four games. Okay. Let's, let's carry that conversation here. Okay. What is, what is the conversation Sunday and Monday between Brendan Shanahan, <laughs> Kyle Dubas, and Sheldon? Boys. The do we need to look for that... a goalie? Yeah. Is that That, is, that at least comes up in the room. Not coming up in the conversation? I mean,
1: listen, I, I know Sammy said about Marzouk. He was like, you know, even the Sheldon said that we put him in a tough spot there or whatever. I don't care. Like I don't care that he's like oh, you asked the backup goalie to play in the game? Oh, what a tough spot! <laughs> Heaven forbid they ask you to do your job. It felt like he was in the press like, box yeah. and he had to get dressed or yeah.
0: something. <laughs> the spot he had his was gear right on goalie, right? and they asked you to goaltend. Maybe he thought he was the Zamboni driver. Well, yeah, that's a tough spot. <laughs> it is.
1: And so when one hits him, it you know goes under his arm off a rush, and I thought Mrazek was no good too. So I, you know, I even read an article today, Terry Koshan, good writer, and, and said you know it's, you got to give Mrazek some run here. I don't know. Neither guy looks like they deserve any run. I, but you got to okay. keep playing until someone gets to play. Okay. Until someone's the guy. And
0: and we are now three weeks to the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Like
1: They're not trading are, for a
0: goalie. One of these you, guys
1: has to figure it out. That's it.
0: And if they don't?
1: Then you lose. You lose quickly and painfully and everyone gets fired.
0: Those are your two options. So... so Oh, I don't. I'm not sure about everybody so, getting fired. So but. listen,
2: you can look at this. The Leafs are in a playoffs. They're making the playoffs, right? They're in the third in the division. They're far and away out inside a playoff spot. That's not a concern. I win the division. So you've been winning at a pretty good clip with pretty bad goaltending for a long time here now. Since December, start of December, they have not gotten good goaltending. So you look at that as a positive. You say, holy, we're what still bad we scor- goaltending. We're, sco- we're scoring. We're scoring. Jack Campbell showed what he can do at the start of the year when he was one of the best goalies in the league, if not the best goalie in the league. Peter Mrazic has had flashes over his career. We just need one of these guys to get hot at the exact yeah. right yeah. time, and yeah. that's what they're going to look at. And there's they, no way. And, they... and, and and sixteen other teams are having the same
0: conversation. Yes. Yeah,
2: so exactly. That, so I mean, their first round matchup against maybe the Florida eight, Panthers, they can't get a save right, get right get now
0: either. Eight are going to get burned really bad because they didn't cover themselves in net. Question is, are the Leafs going to be one of them? Do you think they should be? I don't know at this point. All I know is uh, one thing that's been consistent despite Jack's heroics, those first 37 games, is that there's a battle going between his ears constantly.
1: Yeah, that's real.
0: And that's real, and that's never really left him. You know, I I tweeted that after the game. I was like... When and a guy who goes
1: after he gives up one soft, he goes in the press and says, "I'm the worst goalie in the world." We, I should have had that. What happens when you actually play like this? Like, how how low is his
4: emotional
0: state after a game like that? I'll be the first one to say that I didn't see his game falling off. No, this badly, and I think it can turn <laughs> around I said just it, as quick. I, I said do. it publicly. I said it. Uh, he's he's going to be fine. He. I still Holding on that. the 940 save percentage is unrealistic, but his game will not fall off that quickly. Has it? You know, to to Sammy's point, you know,
1: since the December first or whatever, he's an 893 save percentage. The team is 11 four and three in those games. Like
2: they're yes. still winning it's with 893 him. Like 93 since December first. Sorry, the, yes. the
1: the split is first 18 games, last 20 games. 893 in the last and, 20 and games. And nobody's
0: nobody's not believed that this team can. Score themselves out of trouble. Right, which is why you should believe here that there's... It won't work in the playoffs. That's why. Scoring
1: out of out of trouble. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sc- uh, outscoring your mistakes.
1: Well, you know why it won't work? Because the second line is not better than the next team's second line. They're not better than Tampa Bay's second line. They're not better than uh, Florida's no, no, second no, no. line.
0: no, no. They're not better than your own third line. Wow. I mean,
1: I can't even argue that right now. So... That second line with Tavares and Elander, uh it's not working. They don't they 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 just can't play together anymore. Honestly, it's been 3 years and 3 years together, so tons of sample. They're plus 2. I don't care what you think of plus minus. If your second line makes a bajillion dollars and plays that much hockey over 3 years, plus 2 is not good enough. This season they're minus 5 as a line. So they're getting outscored by the opposition. And they are often put in generous positions. They start in the offensive zone. They don't see the best defense. And they are not winning those minutes. So, you know, there are plenty of sample size of, like, Tavares with Marner. It was really good. Marner slows it down, right? Kind of Tavares' speed. Um, But Tavares and Elander have had enough run that it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So I don't know what my...
0: I'm not proposing no, a solution. Yeah, yeah, I'm putting you on the spot right now. You got to throw me at least a couple
2: of solutions let, here. Let me ask you guys, though. So there's what do you, the, do you do? You, can't, yeah, break oh, up the first, you can't break up the first line and because maybe, the best line in the league. No. I, maybe
0: bunting's so good, you throw him. Give him a couple of shifts with Tavares. Mm. Double shift him I, or bring back Marner for a, a double shift. I know. I, I kind of thought about this, too. Like, the right you, fit you, there is bunting. You, but. you have to make getting Tavares out of this thing a top priority. You said this in our group chat.
1: What does it say when the guy making that much money and your captain is the guy that you need to pick up? Oh, maybe he needs caution. They had maybe nine, we gotta they get had him 10 away
2: goals here. and Tavares was zeros. How does The line
1: feel? was zeros across the board. Brilliant well, really gold, but they were even, they were They've
2: they've lost any
0: type of identity that they've had. There's just there's nothing there right now. No. They, like, Willie's a rush guy. Kerfoot's kind of speedy,
1: too. Tavares is kind of your grinded-out guy. But the two of them never connected on any goals where you're like,
2: only Willie and JT. Here is the solution. Oh, boy. It's a trade for a real winger for that line. They so, need the smelling They need the they smelling need to me up? They do. I You know, you look at that left wing, and Kerfoot's actually been good. Like, he's been very good but this he's year. Not, he's not what he's they not need. not top six. He's not what they need. And if Push they playoff, guy. and that's when the J.T. Miller conversation comes back in. You know the oh, Philip Forsberg know, stuff comes back in. Listen, that's now you
0: are scrambling. Now. But no,
2: but I understand the need okay, for hold on. a, a I've, new winger. I've
0: lost track. They need a, a to, uh, they need a top six forward. They need a top four defenseman, and they need a goalie. Yeah. What else can we throw in there? Locked it, coach. Though.
1: <laughs> so, just to add to my thing on Tavares and Nylander, over the last uh, two hundred minutes, which is seventeen hockey games. They've been outscored 19-9 to 9 when they're on the ice together. This is a team that's trying to win their division. Those two guys, we know how much money they make. They, you know, we've got an issue here. It's an issue. I know they just won 10-7. I know they're winning, and I know they're very good. I understand all those things. But if you're going into the postseason, the way this team has built, you've been saying we have an advantage in that we have four stars, and their best guys are going to shut down, try to shut down one of our lines, but good luck stopping the next. Well, I know they can get hot. They can get streaky. Maybe it'll happen at the right time. But So can you split them up, Kipper? You love Kempf and Kasha together. Can you go with Kasha on the left side, Willie on the right with Kempf? Can you ask Willie to play with a guy who plays defense and Kempf as a centerman? Can you do that? I don't know.
0: Yeah, you got to shuffle the cards.
1: You got to. I just, they need to find some other solutions because these two guys are not the answer. Together,
2: You shuffle up the, the bottom. You don't touch the top line. The top line. You're winning the every game.
1: You're winning I every guess. game. So much.
2: I, am, I am okay. I, no, no one's
0: saying that you got to split them up for 60 minutes, but you got to give Tavares a couple of different looks. And, you know, the one thing over the course of Tavares' tenure is he's gone back and forth between Marner and Nylander over the years.
1: Yeah, they, oh, he has playing with Mitch, though.
0: Well, who doesn't? You no, know, no, I know. Yeah, that. So, you can't now bail on a, your eleven million dollar captain and just say, "Hey, sorry, these guys are so good. You're stuck with." Are you to bail
1: on your Rocket Richard Hopeful.
0: I don't think it's a bail. Him. I don't think it's a bail. If you yeah. if you give him some different looks, and he is arguably the best player in the world right now, make make your adjustments. Whoever's coming on, make them better. With Bunting, when he plays with Matthews and Marner, that line controls
1: 73% of the shots, which is unheard of. It's unheard of. It's the best in the league by 10 miles. So, Sammy, could they be so good that you could borrow from that line and
2: still have a great first line? I think the argument, which I think, I think this argument, what we're talking about is completely nuts that we're even considering talking about breaking up that top line. So, let me just put that out. In you front can't of win okay. with one line. You can't in the regular okay. season. You right can right be entertained
0: can. during the regular season. But
2: you will be golfing with them, Sammy. That couldn't be the worst thing. Anyways, um, I just I understand this from this perspective. Talking about breaking up that line, which I do not want to do in a million years. But if you look at it and you say that we can always go back to that because we know how good that is. Mm-hmm. That's sitting there. Keith can be like, we have that top line that we know produces at an elite an elite level. So now maybe we can, hey. Just throw Marner down with Tavares for a shift. Try Willie here. Try this there. I really do think that that would be what they would look at. Maybe. But I don't think they should at all. Maybe this is the chance to put
1: Willie and Tavares... Or sorry, Willie in um, Bunting spot. So, Nylander with Matthews and Marner. Bunting with Tavares, two guys who could dig it out and scrap it a little bit and Kerfoot with them. Kerfoot, you like Kerfoot, Tavares, and uh, in Bunting? I do. I no? just,
2: I just think... You're just going to have to wait for them to get out of this slump. And I don't know how long it's going to take. The best
1: thing going, though, is that they have that top line. And, oh, my God, were they good. Mitch Marner. Can we talk about that?
0: Yes. He's been uh, touched with a bit of the flu bug, too, hasn't he, Tavares? Maybe. I hope so. Give him a night off.
1: I hope so. I don't mean that in a mean way, but that would be great to know. Give him
0: a night off. Let him reset himself. Even if he's not, just like he's got a flu bug. What was uh. Sheldon saying that uh, he wants Campbell to get reset or, you know, give him uh, a chance to kind of regroup. Give give Tavares that chance too.
1: I like that. Yeah. No, I, I agree. But, yeah. Let's talk about that top line.
0: Yeah. Thoughts. Thoughts. I- uh, bunting. When you talk about, like, a bunting compared to a, a Hyman, and now everybody, you know, social media – boy, oh, boy, we made the right decision. And, you know, in a perfect world, it would have been great if they could have kept a Hyman and, and had bunting as well. Well, sure. Because Hyman's a guy that maybe Tavares could use right now. Having good players is good. But in saying that, if you were to ask Marner and Matthews under truth serum, who would you rather play with bunting or Zach Hyman, I think they pick Bunting, yeah. all day long. Isn't that wild? And it's nothing against Hyman, but it's everything to do with how I think Bunting can read and react, and just a higher IQ when it comes to yeah. puck play. Yeah, he's he and getting in the right place at the so right time, well. and that that to me I think has been one of the frustrations over the years. Hyman played really well towards the end. Yeah. But early, when they played with Hyman, they were frustrated because of the dump and chase and the inability to hold on to the puck a little longer, have more patience, get in the right place at the right time. Bunting can do that with these guys.
1: Yeah, I think of the way that Zach Hyman gets it done. And, like, let's say he's got the square peg in the round hole. He will bang his head against it until it goes in. It'll just fear, you just force and muscle and effort every way. But, you know, Bunting is cunning. He's creative, he's devious, he's he's a thinker out there trying to draw penalties. He's a, he is a thinker. He really has a great hockey IQ, and you've mentioned a number of times that he's not the bulkiest, and it may come back in postseason to be an issue, but he's he weasels his way to the right spots. A, a goal and four assists in how much ice time? Oh, yeah. How much ice time do you listen? You're listening to this. How much ice time do you think Bunting had against Detroit? All the minutes, massive. 13 and change, he played. Mitch Marner played 15 minutes en route to three goals and three assists for six points. What an four? Un- What's that? Three and three. Three and three for six.
0: No, four goals. Four and two. And two. And two. Four and two. Yeah. My bad.
1: My bad. Yeah, just a four. Don't
0: rip him off a goal.
1: No, I. Hey, my bad. My bad. And he's actually fun stat for you that I don't know if we mentioned this before the show. Since January 15th, Mitch Marner is first in the NHL in goals. He has scored more in the last month and a half in the NHL than any other player.
0: Six points Saturday night. Yes. And he can't get an NHL Star of the Week.
2: <laughs> what a <laughs> loser. Yeah. But Matthews
0: is first. Matthews is first. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. JT Miller second. Stamkos third. Matthews leads the league, or Marner leads the league in scoring since, what did you say, mid-January? Yeah. Yeah, he... Oh, I'm sorry. We, have they announced the unappreciative stars oh, of
1: the weekend? Oh, what, yeah. did he, what did Mitchie have over those four games that Matthews had nine points? I honestly don't know.
0: I'm not. Probably, Probably ten. A lot. Nine. <laughs> Same as Matthews. More, maybe.
1: Let's see. Old Mitchie on a on here? He had,
0: it's six on Saturday. How can he not have nine he or ten? Zero, then one, then two, then
1: six. So he had nine points over four games just like Matthews. Yeah, I can't yeah. get
0: a star, though. No.
1: <laughs> no, we can't give
2: two Leafs. Then they'd be like, "Oh, Toronto bias," you know. Toronto bias should have given it to Bunting. Um, okay, but we and, should and, and to the coach the record, on that line.
0: Uh, yeah, okay, go go to Sheldon. You sure? Yeah, we'll we'll pick up after Sheldon.
1: All right, let's let Sheldon talk about the top line.
3: Yeah, that line was, like uh, you just said it there, pretty much unstoppable tonight. You know. um... Great to see Mitch, you know, get some goals there again and, and, and start heating back up, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, that line was that line was outstanding. But, uh, you know, again, I thought each line contributed uh, greatly today. You know, uh, yeah, just, you know, Willie gets us started in the game and, and then uh, the guy's rolling pretty good from there, so.
0: Yeah, he liked them. Yeah, but
3: liked-
0: I just... It just, it's kind of funny at the beginning of the year, you know, and it's been going on for the last little while. I made a point of saying earlier in in the season that, you know, there seems to be two camps with Leaf Nation. You're either like pro-Nylander or you're pro-Marner, but they don't like each other. And one camp thinks that they're better than the other and one should get traded and the other one should be staying. And now you watch it and, I mean, it's... Nothing's changed.
3: When he's gone, he's gone, right?
0: No, no, everything's changed. Well, nothing's
1: changed about that. People still feel like Team Marner or Nylander. Oh, really? Do you think that now there is everyone? Is, is what's not changed?
0: Marner way better than Neilander? Well, yes. I like guess, it's, it's, but there was a sense that it was almost one or the other.
1: Yeah, I see. In the early, Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, in the early going, you could make the case like, oh, Willie, he's the he's his, you know the better of the two yes. of them. He's, yeah, fair. Yeah. And now it's, come on. It's, oh, yeah, right. You know, this is... But, in fairness, this is what you pay for, right? But he's been all of it. He's been worth it. It's been... That's why Marner makes $4 million. More. I'm always so scared of starting the conversation again that we had the one day on the show. Which one was that one? <laughs> the 30-minute Marner conversation. Oh, yeah. I'm afraid of
0: launching it every time I bring up Marner. Because
1: <laughs> it is. It's a whole... So
0: he's just... Layered he, like He an, has gone to another level, though. Yes. Right? And Matthews will continue to get his credit and probably with legitimacy there's a is is matthews as good as mcdavid or even better or having a better season than him like that's a legitimate conversation now
1: yeah matthews is
0: ridiculous. Right? it's ridiculous but the game uh, i mean the skill level and the uh And the way sometimes it it comes, it it seems so natural or easy to him. Mm -hmm.
1: I don't think you're going to see a Toronto Maple Leaf If you're a Leafs fan, I don't think you're going to see someone play better hockey than Matthews and Marner are this season for, I don't know how many years, 20 years? Like, these guys are prime age. Like, what are they, 23 and 24? Uh, Somewhere around that. Like, that is your, you look at the back of the hockey card of Gretzky and Lemieux and the greatest of the games, they have that statistical peak, and it's now. You're watching the best. Of I think the best leafs you'll see ever right now. It is unbelievable that night was such a and, showcase of that.
0: And that's what would make losing in the first round hurt oh. that much more for Sam. I heard
1: JD Bunker say this too, the same right? thing. That that makes it more urgent so, to fix it.
0: percent Whether it is the blue line or if you think you need an upgrade in goaltending.
2: It's just so scary. Like I'm trying my best to not even think about the playoffs at this moment. I'm just trying to really appreciate what I'm watching every night with Matthews and Marner. It's unlike, it's outside of my wildest dreams, what I ever could have imagined being on the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I really do try to separate it. But in my deepest, darkest thoughts before my (laughs) eyes close at night, the first round stuff really does cross my mind. Of course. And what goalie is going to make you feel better about that? Like,
1: who are you going to bring in here? And you're like, oh, well, we got Linus Olmark. I don't know. I just said a name. But, like, you know, whoever it is, like, it's a goalie. Who do you feel comfortable with that isn't named Vasilevsky?
2: Yeah, and it's going to be tough it to is. beat him four times at a. It is. Once.
0: Bobrovsky, yeah. come on! Like, you rather what? have him? No. If I get you know. no, no, no. You want Bobrovsky or Campbell? Campbell. I'll I'll bank on Campbell's first thirty five games.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think it's real. I don't think it was a, a blip by any stretch. Leafs scored ten goals with zero PP goals in the game for the first time since nineteen forty seven. Strength goals. Well, shorties too. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, two, two. The Kasha one was a shorty? Yeah, just Kasha. Oh
2: yeah, the drop to Marner was even strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bunting with a replica drop the on pa- that pursuit. The, the pass that Hironic yeah, sure. made to spring Bunting. His best assist of the night could have been one of the worst decisions in <laughs> hockey history. He was looking right at him. He tried to saucer it across. It Are was. He- Go ahead. What, it was one of those rare games where you could
1: watch an NHL game and really feel like, wow, yeah. there were some bad plays. Like, Horonik's pass there was bad. That suitor defense that I showed you was just atrocious. The goaltending, the Mitch Marner first goal that goes in past Grice. Grice was maybe the worst player on the rink of the whole lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> lot to choose from. Yeah rent the goalie I mean, Yeah. Both teams. It's like their, the guy
2: who left Sammy's game their,
0: last week. <laughs> rent the goalie
2: Somebody should have left. Yeah, he would have left. Saturday <laughs> yeah. night. Well, I love – my favorite thing is when the goalie gets pulled, they put in the other guy, and then the third period starts, and like, the, the mm-hmm. other guy's back
1: in. It's like, that's how you know it's going bad. I mean, I had a thought after Mrazic gave up the seventh that Jack
0: might want to oh, stretch imagine? again. They call it the Keenan. March yeah. 21st, trade deadline. It's sneaking up, guys. I gotta think. Tomorrow's March first. I gotta like, think wow. between now and maybe as early as next week. Kyle and Jake Muzzin are gonna have so, a conversation. How about so.
1: we, that's the first mention of a D-man on this show. And Muzzin was
2: out. Dermot was out. Brody played the left side. Quickly before we go to break, before we get to simmer, who was on the call for that amazing game last night on Saturday night? Nick Robertson. We can get deeper oh, into. Man, it. Man, we got so much more. But. How does that play into a potential top six conversation with, is that a smelling salt situation to inject him on the left wing there? Mental, mental talk.
1: Absolutely crazy. Okay. But I look forward to the end of the show when we have uh, an open block.
0: It's good to tee that up. Semi. All right. Like you said, Craig Simpson, former NHL or Stanley Cup champion. He's going to be coming up after the break. And Alan May, let's not forget, they got Ovi in the Washington Capitals tonight up in his life much no maybe? no nah. cool. quiet cool okay all of that after the break we are youtubing it live streaming sportsnet channel and on the fan 590 real kipper and born
2: breaking down the top stories in the nhl every day the jeff mary show subscribe and download the show on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts
0: Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, live streaming on the YouTube channel. You know what's the best is when they start chatting. I did this when we had uh, Real Kipper at Noon, and it would be Doug McLean and I, and you can actually just see the conversations. Yeah. Tim Manto. Did Doug know what YouTube was? No, not really. He's another VCR guy. (laughs) Sony Walkman. Tim Manto. Leafs are too top-heavy. It's just the comment. I mean, Like we could talk the I next agree. half an hour on that. how do you fix it? We can bring in Craig Simpson and ask him simmer the YouTube <laughs> chat right. Leafs are too top heavy, but <laughs>
4: so do you split up the top line then Kip or do you try to spread it out? Is that you, what you, you know,
0: let me ask you something you know as a top winger you've you've been used to you know a lot of your years you you get the the top centerman. You know when a guy's going, when a guy's not going. You've watched Tavares from your uh, play-by-play booth. Like, what does he need? Is it a shake-up? Was that something that helped you when maybe your centerman was struggling?
4: I, I think at times you always think the coach gets to a point where he's either given you more ice time or maybe he's held you back a couple times to maybe get you irritated, see if that gets you motivated. Uh, But at some point, you usually find that you got to maybe mix the line a little bit. I I thought the fact that last game having to make the change because of the, you know, Engvall being out, so Kerfoot goes down, Kasha is a little bit of a different look there, might have been able to get something. I I mean, it got Nylander another goal, which uh, got him, you know, on a little bit of a run when he's been struggling. But there's, there's no question that every player... Is going to go through those stretches where your confidence is down. I, I thought even John, I think it was two games ago, was asked after about some frustration after missed shots. And he said, yeah, you know, I got to curtail that. And that that's a wasted energy and it doesn't help. But it's human. You know, I, I think you're used to the puck finding its way on your stick or getting a good chance. And, you know, you go maybe four or five games without a goal and then bang, you get one and you're feeling good again. So this is one of those long stretches, the third longest stretch of his entire career. And so, you know that you press a little bit more, your confidence is definitely not there. I think I made the comment, you know, watching the Matthews line and even Marner now, you know, Marner had the ability to shoot before, but now in this stretch that he's on, when he's got the puck and he's in a dangerous area, he's not just shooting. He's got the mindset that he's going to score. And that's not a different person. That's just a different confidence and character of yourself and, and understanding the role that you're on and the run that you're on. There are times when the net just looks huge and you can't believe you know, you didn't score when, when you shoot it. And on the flip side, Tavares had a couple of quick uh, chances in the slot that he had to readjust the, the puck a little bit. So maybe it took an extra second. And instead of getting a good shot away, he got one with a defenseman's stick in the way so it didn't get there or got deflected, or one that he didn't put it where he wanted to. And, and you can just see it physically in the way the guy is moving and reacting, the difference in those two guys, just as an example, of, of how one is free-flowing and not thinking and just reacting, and the other guy's, you know, got a tight wrist on his stick and, and trying to create something but not doing anything easily.
1: Yeah. You're talking about the mental side of the game. Cause it is, you can see the extra half second. He seems to be taken with the puck. Yeah. You know, we we were keeping on the, we were discussing the Leafs mental side of things, I guess, coming out for that third period. Um, and if they played differently or worse, you know, how much do you assign the Red Wings coming back on them to strictly bad goaltending versus the way the Leafs played?
4: I think the, the bad goaltending starts the onslaught, right? Like, uh, you get the goal in the first minute. That should never be a goal. So, okay, that rattles you a little bit. You you know it's human nature. You got a seven-two lead. That that's that's hard to keep the intensity you had in that second period when everything was clicking and everybody was scoring and you had the puck the whole time. You go in and it's like, okay, this one's over. So, uh, I I do think that the goaltending plays the part in giving. A little bit of a, oh, God, I can't believe that one. Oh, at 7-3, it's no big deal. And then you get another one that's not great. And now you've got the double whammy of your goaltender is fluxomed and his mind is rattled and spinning. And now the Red Wings are going, "Ah, there's nothing to lose now. Let's giddy up and get her going. So uh, I I think I I really like the comments by Sheldon after the game. And it would have been an easy one to focus on the bad things that happened in the third. Uh, And it probably wouldn't have done you any good because every guy knows, you know, that was a unique and crazy period that happens once, maybe every five to six years. Um, And instead, he focused on the reaction of Mikheyev scoring just a huge goal to get the momentum back. And then... Uh, at a eight seven time in the game, you get a penalty kill that you have to have, and the killers do an excellent job and then they cash the scores the shorthanded goal and so I really thought you know as a player, you get tired of listening to the same thing from the coach, and coaches always have to be aware of what their messaging is because over eighty two games it 'll drive guys nuts, and so you come out of that craziness. And the end result is you got your two points. You know, it doesn't do any good for the goaltenders, not only their averages, but their mentality. But I thought it was a good time to focus on the positives there and praise the guys who got themselves back in to help Peter Mrazik. I've said it on the broadcast. There is no way Mrazik was ever thought, thinking he was going in to that game unless something physically happened to Uh, To Campbell, So, you know, I think that's the messaging that you get through that. You kind of have to burn the tape, so to speak, on that third. But you learn another lesson that you survived it. And a couple of key times in the game, your team responded with what you needed. And that was a big play. And those are the kind of things that, you know, that game in a playoff series, if you lose that game, that, that might lose you the series. Like that just might change the whole dynamic. So I think you get out of that going, we learned a little bit. We learned a little bit about ourselves and let's think about the positive things that the guys were able to do under, under really quite crazy circumstances.
0: We're talking to Craig Simpson, Stanley cup champion, hockey night in Canada analyst. We know Mrazic will go tonight against the Washington capitals. And possibly the feeling is that you can go back to Jack on Wednesday against Buffalo, but there is a a third option and they it's three weeks before the trade deadline. Uh, Is is, is there a conversation right now amongst Leaf management on whether or not we need to explore other options or are we absolutely married to Campbell and Marazic right through uh, the end of the season and the playoffs?
4: Uh, I I think there's no question that, uh, that you have to stick with what you got. Just look at the situation with not only cap but time. You, you've invested in Morazic, You're trying to get him now into a little bit of a role to see, you know, he might end up being an option come playoff time as well. Um, but I, I don't think it's re- reality to look around. I mean, this talk, I live in Edmonton, as you guys know, and this talk's been going around there basically all season long. And even though they had, you know, much greater exemplified troubles in goal, you're still looking at okay, who is that person, and who's going to be the one that's going to be better than Jack Campbell when Jack's playing his best, or the way he was in the first what 17 games of the year, uh, and you still don't totally know. You you know some historical numbers from Mrazek, like look at how good Mrazek was in in Carolina at the end, and you know you go you might get him on a hot run that gets you through a stretch where maybe Jack falters for a couple of games, so. I don't think it's realistic. I understand the discussion. But when you're trying to juggle cap and maybe get some relief from Muzzin on long-term, I think you still have to look at your D or, as whoever you were saying was typing in, a, you know, a third-line guy that might be a reliable D defensive player and a guy who can chip in goal-wise.
1: Craig, one thing we haven't talked about so far is uh, what would you make of Nick Robertson? First time uh, he's been in a regular season game for the Leafs. Did you notice him at all?
4: No, it's a it, tough game for him. And obviously the third period would have been a time in normal circumstance that you could play the heck out of him, right? With a, with a lead right. that's the way they had. And then all of a sudden it, it went sideways. So I don't think anybody was playing sort of, okay, let's see what this kid's got mode. In the third, it just got all thrown into the blender, and it's like, let's just try to survive this thing. Uh, it, with that being said, I thought in the third, you know, he did what he had to do. He, he wasn't the cause of a lot of panic in his own end, and you know coming in, that the hardest part is being an offensive-minded player, and you're playing in a fourth-line role, albeit, you know, you can trade the puck with Spezza. He right. can make some plays. Uh, so it's not like you're playing with a guy who doesn't know how to play offense, but you know that as Nick, we've said it so many times that that fourth line, that first shift of the game is just an enormous one. Like you have a good first shift, you know, you're getting a second one quicker. And if you have another good one, then you know, you're into the game and the coach has, has faith in it, but that's a tough way to play. And that's a tough way to play for a young guy getting in. So with all that being said, I I thought he was fine. I, I hope, you know, he gets a chance to, to play again today and maybe a more normal game. And he can get a sense to see if he can make some plays and, you know, be conscious with the puck and not be turning it over, but show the skill set that he has. And that's, I think, you know, ideally what they need to see a little bit more of to know what they have in the young player.
0: Well, just listening to you and Chris Cuthbert call the game, it was a lot of fun. I, I can't recall your exact line, but it was like, this is what you love about sports. And I'm, I am I kind of chuckled when you said it, because I know there's super fan uh, Sammy's out there going, I don't like this about sport.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, as soon as you think something is just a given and nothing crazy could happen, I, I mean, we've all kind of lived it in, in our sporting life, whether it's in minor sports where you have some incre- incredible comebacks, uh, I think at the NHL level, we had we blew a four-nothing lead, I think, to, to Winnipeg one time and lost, and we had a four, you know, four-goal deficit that we were able to come back on, and that and that is the the magic of of just momentum is is amazing, and how quickly a confident team like Toronto, like Toronto, in the second at times the Matthews line uh, specifically it was like you know the Globetrotters trotters out there they they just had the puck all the time and you knew that they were going to either score or get a good chance and then you come you know 7 minutes later and you're 3 minutes into a, a blowout game and now you're back on your heels and you're wondering whether this one's going to get away from you so it is it's a great lesson though you think from a playoff perspective i know leaf fans are all looking towards the playoffs i, I was walking today and thinking of that that kind of game might happen probably not a 10-7 but you know that kind of momentum swing games that happens in playoffs and that changes series yeah and we all know that you know from a toronto perspective everybody has lived that and seen that but that's why i felt sheldon's comments about the third are for that kind of moment going you know if that was a playoff game and it was a 1-1 series or we were down 2-1, and all of a sudden we're thinking we're even the series up and now we're down 3-1. You know, if you don't handle it the way they did and get through it and find the big place to win, you might be out of another series again. And I I think that was sort of the messaging for him to say, you know, put that one in the memory banks, guys, because sometimes coaches in the bench in a blowout game are trying to push you to get your game back because you're playing a little easy. And that's a good reminder of what can actually happen.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it really does happen in playoff games. We saw Florida and Tampa Bay last year have a 6-5 game, a 5-4 overtime game. So uh, got to yeah. be, pre- prepare, uh, be prepared to play games all different ways. Um, one of the big stories that we also didn't touch on was just the D was scrambled like uh, like a bunch of eggs. We, we saw Brody, Brody play on the left side, Lilligren with Riley. What did you make of the first look of that sort of mishmash decor?
4: Well, here again is is a coach's uh, discussion saying, you know, we wanted to try the left and the righties and try to get guys on the right sides and juggle it up a little bit because you're gonna have to. You're gonna have Muzzin injured or somebody else gets hurt and a guy you gotta has to go into a spot that he's never played with somebody before. So I don't disagree with it. You know, you're sitting at what game fifty-two, so you got a little bit of time to to do some experiments and see I thought the guy that it probably hindered the most and I think I mentioned it on the broadcast too is I really didn't notice Morgan Riley much at all and I I wondered whether he wasn't you know when he's at his best he he knows he's got Brody as the safeguard he knows Brody can read defensively so he jumps up almost you know 90% of the time and and I just didn't feel that and I'm sure it's just you know you got a younger guy on your right side you're not quite sure of what his reads are off of you and i thought he played a much more passive game so give it some time you know a, a guy who's probably been fighting for his life more than most is is hall and you know to put him with with brody and allow him to settle down i, I think just helps him and gets him you know under his feet a little bit more get more confidence with his reads he, he's a guy, you know, he's got a three-game point streak. He, he's got five assists. He's plus eight in his last five after minus five and three and sitting out a while. So, you know, in, in the experiment, maybe working in that regard, that it's helping one guy. It might, you know, pull Riley back, but you're not worried about what Riley's going to do. And, and I think you've got uh, to be open to change and see what it does and see what you have with those different kind of uh, uh, pairings going forward. Craig, we know we got
0: to get you out of here uh, at the top of the hour, so we appreciate your time as always. Uh, great stuff. Thanks for doing this.
4: All right. You think any chance for a ten-eight tonight maybe? <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. That's fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. See you, guys.
0: Catch your breath. That's all.
1: Sammy was saying that one of his buddies uh, had a parlay, like you know, a multi bet, uh, betting, a multi game betting ticket. And going into the last game, he was like, "I just got to hit the under in Leafs Detroit, and I win." He was all fired up about <laughs> what this was ticket. It? What was well, the it? six and a half.
0: Oh, half. Six, six and a half,
1: half total goals. They ended up being seventeen. It only went over by eleven goals. <laughs> wow! You should have to like pay double or something if they double the if you miss that badly, or maybe
0: win.
2: Good stuff from Simmer there.
0: Yeah, really good stuff. Uh, so much talk now about JT Miller or, you know, whether the Leafs have to shop for a goalie, but it, it's really going to come down to that blue line and adding to it. It has to have been the focus the last few months, and it has to be going into the last uh, three weeks here. My understanding is at some point there's going to have to have a conversation with Jake Muzzin. Yeah. And it's going to be pretty clear, I think, that the Leafs would like to go shopping And they're going to have to get him on board on the thought of not playing again the rest of the season. Man,
1: you know how hard that is? Like, I know I've talked about this, and I still think they probably should do it if they can. But, like, do you remember, like, Riley Nash tried to play for the Leafs in the
2: playoffs last year? How long was
1: he out? I don't know. But he looked like 10 years.
2: They they kucherov'd Riley Nash. He was part of the trade. And then he came in. His first game was in the first, first game. Yeah. His first game was the first game, right? And then
1: after the first game, it was like, we can't. We're done with that. We can't do that. Yeah. Um, but there was another example of someone else who hadn't played in a long time and they stuffed him in. Anyway, the point oh, is, I know
2: exactly what it was. Huh. It was game five in the bubble with Nick Robertson and played a couple of games and Andreas Janssen had been out for months
1: and they were like, yeah, and they, him in.
2: Yeah, there's been hanging around in the hotel room in the bubble. Let's put him into that game. And they didn't score a goal. Well, they did score a goal late. But
1: so were- my point is with Jake Muzzin, not a young man, you know, to come back in game one for playoff speed against the Tampa Bay Lightning.
0: What is he? 32? 33. 33.
1: I know that's a young man, but you know what I mean by context of hockey. You know what's
0: scary here is that when when Jake was on his game, if you would have mentioned that losing Jake Muzzin, you would have said that would have been absolutely, when he was going well, mm-hmm. you would have said that would have been devastating. Catastrophic, yeah. Catastrophic. Yeah. And now it's like, well, we don't want him back till the end of the. Play. <laughs> they don't,
2: nobody, well, I, they don't want him. They don't I, want him. The know, Leaf Nation doesn't want him. No, they want to go out and uh, replace him. I don't no. think it's that they don't want him. It's that Leaf fans, like myself, see other teams using their financial might. I guess if you want to look at the, pan, uh, the sorry the Lightning, who have a great owner, and they used the LTIR to really bulk up their team before the right playoff. Leaf fans are looking at that saying. Well, we kind of want that too. Well, but I- And uh, this is an opportunity where you look at it and you say it's a concussion. We've talked about how uncertain it is and how, like, Kucherov was skating with the Lightning during the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't like he wasn't skating. He March. was on the ice. But February, March, yes. I think. He was skating the whole time. So it's not like he's going to be completely away from the team. He's not going to be, you know, out on an island. He's not going to be, pra- like, he can practice. So, I, I think, I just, too, what
1: what works in the favor of wanting to do this is that the conversation isn't, can we have Jake Muzzin tomorrow or, you know, get him back in two months. In reality, because of the concussion, he's probably not going to be available for six weeks, right? He just missed a month with
2: the last one. I, so, you're I, talking I about, play, do you want yeah. him to
1: play two weeks? Yeah. Or
2: do you want well, two weeks of Muzzin or I'm, five million in cap space? I'm only, I'm only, it's all... All, all hinges on how they use that LTIR. It really all comes down to that. Here's Because it, it could be productive or it could go the other way. Here's the other option. Two weeks
0: conditioning stint with the Marlies. Get them playing. Mm-hmm. It's not perfect. Can you do that? You oh. can You can
1: do that. You can yeah, do yeah, that. You can. Let's Absolutely. do that. Why don't we do that?
0: <laughs> but that's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving them good ideas. This is great. So he doesn't have to just come off of, mm-hmm. you know, bed rest or treatment or riding a bike, you can actually put him with the Marlies, let him get in two full weeks. Yep, It's not the best hockey, but it would get him I'll tell you what, end of season, AHL hockey, it'd be good. Yeah.
1: Good pace, right?
0: Yeah. OHL? Oh, Right and the and, AHL. and not have did you to, say if I did it, I'd <laughs> have have to burn uh, yeah uh, that, that that space.
1: You wonder how the NHL would look at that if the Leafs were playing in LTIR with some guy they traded for with Muzzin's cap space, and he's just playing. He's in game eleven with the Marlies or something.
0: I, yeah, like. I don't know how that would work. Would you have? to well, they did to, it with he, Could could you play in the American Hockey League, or would you have to take him off LT? We, I don't know.
1: We'll look mm. into that. We'll look into that.
0: Come on, I don't have all the answers. No, no, you have ideas. I came We're up ideas, with a people. good idea. We're, We're not you, you should know
2: all I these know, rules. Amazing. So let me ask you this. Was when they, because they sent Mrazek down for a long conditioning stint when he was on, wasn't he on LTIR? I think uh, he was on LTIR when they sent him down.
0: Yeah, I think he was. I think so.
2: That's sneaky, though, if you can
0: if you, like, keep a guy that. on
2: that, that, that uh, long term and yet still play. Yeah. Well, you're working him back. It's part of his injury rehab, right? LTIR. Yeah, sure, Sammy. Well, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, they're going to use it. But so they
1: they had to shuffle things around. Dermot had the stomach bug, along with the, most of the team. It sounds like, and Brody on the left side with Hall, Lilligren on the right side with Riley. Did you have any takeaways from from how those pairings looked?
0: No, um, I I didn't like. I just don't like giving up seven goals. I think everybody stinks. You're giving up seven goals to a a weaker team like Detroit. So I I didn't see much intensity. I didn't think Brody had a good game. I didn't think, uh, I think Morgan Riley was minus two, I think.
1: Yeah, him and and Lilligren struggled. Come on. You know, I got some flack for that because I said he doesn't look like a top pair guy, which, what? Sorry, anyone disagree with that out there? Um, you know, the f- Morgan, no, no oh. Lilligren. I said, oh, yeah. Lilligren. so like the first goal or the, the rebound goal, Lilligren standing right beside the guy and yeah, Campbell, that's one thing by the way that, you know, that Campbell's not on his game was we talked about his freeze rate and catching everything that first one he spits right back into the slot. No good. But anyway, Lilligren standing behind a guy gets beat out of the corner, like just too many moments in that game where I'm like, I get there trying to see what this guy can do. And I get that you have to put him in these situations, but it's just. I don't know what the solution is because he's, he's not in that role. And in the third pair, it's a little bit weird for me. So, I, you know, I just – Lilligren's a tough one for me. I wonder if part of that is a showcase the same way I think it may be for Robertson. Like, let people take a look at this guy in, in more minutes in a bigger spot.
0: Well, we are all under the un- understanding that Nick Robertson is no longer un- un- untouch- uh, un- untouchable, correct? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's, that's safe, safe to, to say. say. Yeah. safe to Yeah. Now, did you uh, – you read me some – scouting report or something off Robertson and um can you can you share it with us
1: yeah so I don't want this to sound like gospel or you know anything but just an opinion of someone that that I know that watched the game just said that the style that Robertson plays in the American League is pretty me-centric right now you know he's looking for the puck he's looking to shoot you know goes a million miles an hour and rips it off the glass and then chases it back to his own end and gets beat off the wall like I think it's right now it's the name is big and in Toronto when he scores, it's, you know, get the highlight reel and call it, you know, sports net and put it on TV and all that. But I think it sounds like in a lot of these games, he's chasing the puck. He's slow with uh, you know, making decisions, he's keeping it for himself. You know, the the report said could be a good a decent AHL by the end of the year. And that's AHL's a good league. I know people watch it all the time, but like point per game there is pretty good and, and Robertson's getting some points, but it's a big hockey world, right? You got to play D, you got to be physical, you got to get pucks in. I think the guy still has a lot to learn, and so that's what leads me and to believe. And it could take
0: another year or two. Right, which doesn't the line American up with Hockey their, League
1: with their window, right? It doesn't line up.
0: Not with the Leafs window, but it could Arizona if you wanted to package him for Jacob Chikrin. Yes,
1: I think that would be good. But I, I, he's still, because of what you're talking about, like, is an asset. His brother, 22 years old, is lighting it up in Dallas. He's 20. Give him two years. Well, I wouldn't put it past him, you know, figuring some stuff out, but there's some figuring to be done, and it ain't happening this year.
2: So did we get your guys' opinion on his game on Saturday night? I feel like we didn't really you – you asked Simmer, but what, what do you guys think?
1: The same, pretty unremarkable for me. He played nine minutes.
2: You know, he took the yeah. one
1: penalty, which uh, – He right.
0: can skate. He can – can find pucks.
1: We know he can shoot. That seems to be the consensus. He wants to shoot the hockey puck. That's what he wants
0: to do. I would say... Uh, What? Just far from being a regular
2: NHLer. How's that? I would agree with both of your sentiments. I think he was flying around looking like he was trying to do something. For sure. Like, he definitely had a, a burr in his saddle. He was riding around, flying around. Yeah. But I also think from what I saw in that game that he did look a year older. He looked a little stronger, I thought. I thought his Mm. skating looked better than in prior times than I've seen him. And if I'm an opposing GM, I think you could be convinced that there's something there to be part of a trade package. Like, it's not like, you know, I think his value to a lot of Least Nation has dipped a little bit from where it was last year in terms of what he's talked about. Like, I mean, you mentioned the Sam Bennett thing all the time where you were roasted for that potential trade. But I think that there is a world in which if you watched his nine minutes or whatever on Saturday night, if you're an opposing GM and you think, you know, there's something there for a potential trade partner.
1: And by all accounts, in the American League, he's, you know, they can't get him out of the gym type of guy, like in a way that is maybe frustrating for people. Like, okay,
0: time to get out of here. I don't think that there would be a team out there that wouldn't want to take on that project right now of a Nick Robertson, but it's at what price and where do you value him? Is he an A blue chipper, a B plus? Because those have rankings.
1: I I I love that they've got him up here. I think he has eight points in nine AHL games. I could
0: Google that quickly, but you know, like, is he a throwaway? Is he a throw in? No, I'm I'm I -hmm. don't know. Wherever it is, it was it isn't where it was a year
2: ago. Right. I think they I think they would still consider him as close to a centerpiece. A prospect i think he's close to a centerpiece of a, of a trade if oh that's God. what that's what they're looking I for. i think you're in la la land i think no you don't think that's what no. they're thinking when they're going into a trade who's their who's their centerpiece then from a from a, a first rounder okay
0: the 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 uh, leafs first rounder okay. would be the centerpiece so when you hear first in a prospect he is the prospect the thing with draft picks
1: is it's like, if, would you want a draft pick or a guy who scored 55 goals in the American League? Or sorry, in the junior. OHL. Like, you know, you'd know you be like, oh, well, 25th overall or the guy who got yeah. 55?
0: You want to go down my list in the last 30 years of 50 goal scorers in junior who never got a cup of coffee? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. But I believe you. It's I a trust long you. list. Yeah.
0: It's a long list. I didn't get 50. Okay, well, let's take a quick break. I hope uh, everybody's enjoying. Who's watching on uh, Sportsnet's YouTube channel, uh, Jeremiah, my friend in in uh, Alaska, is watching. Anchorage? Loving the show. Absolutely loving it. So if you're show watching out there, hit the like button. Sammy needs likes on our YouTube channel, just like Doug McClain did all those years. He actually gets years. paid by likes. He does. He's a click guy. <laughs>